What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of the Gridiron Authority podcast. My name's Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's going on in the NFL this week? Uh, we got a lot to cover. We got a lot of quarterback shakeups. We got some uh, injuries. We got trade demands. Uh, we're going to be covering our pickums from last week, and we're going to be going over to college football recap as well as fantasy players to watch. Uh, a lot to cover in this episode. All right, let's go. All right, week two of the NFL season is in the books, and uh, it sure was an interesting one. Depending on your team, you might be happy, you might be really sad after this week. Um, let's start with the upcoming and really almost unprecedented shift in the NFL due to quarterback injuries and some benchings. So next week, there will potentially be four or five new starting quarterbacks that weren't starting last week. So uh, let's get you up to date on the latest news. Let's start in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger going down with an elbow injury that will require season-ending surgery. Um, Mason Rudolph is set to take over as the starter. Uh, Rudolph's the second-year man out of Oklahoma State, and Sealer seem to be high on this guy. Does he have what it takes to step in for Big Ben this season? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Big 12 fan, so I watched Mason Rudolph for a lot of years. Uh, he threw the ball really well at Oklahoma State. He threw the ball, uh, he threw the ball well last week. Um, he's shown signs of of promise. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's not going to matter if he's ready at this point because he's being thrown in. They already traded Josh Dobbs away, um, so they don't really have anyone else besides uh, Mason Rudolph. So um, whether he's ready or not, he's going to get the opportunity. I, I think he's got a bright future. Um, I If Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back from this injury, I would expect a better season next year. Um, but this is this is great for the Steelers, honestly, because they get to see what they have in this kid. They get to get him the experience and they, you know, kind of get to make that decision if if he's going to be the potential heir apparent to uh, Roethlisberger. They did spend a high draft pick on him. Uh, and like you said, they are high on him. So um, I, I think it's it's going to end the Steelers season. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, probably not going to end up with a winning record. But uh, I mean, I think that they could still get something good out of this season by developing Mason Rudolph and giving him that experience. So, yeah. And if he does play good, here's, here's a crazy coincidence back in 2004 week two, an aging Tommy Maddox goes down with an elbow injury. That was eerily similar to the one big Ben goes down with this week. Uh, and off the bench comes rookie Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, literally from that point on, he's been the guy for Pittsburgh. So fast forward 15 years, same injury, same week of the season in comes Mason Rudolph. Uh, is this the changing of the guard if he does play well at Pittsburgh? I, I think so. If if he has a good season and it results in wins, and I'm saying nine, ten wins, uh, and he puts up good numbers, then, I mean, there's really, at this point, there's no, I mean, Roethlisberger may want to come back, but they may not need him to come back. You know, they may, they may not be desperate for him to come back like they have in other years when they haven't had that air apparent. So like I said, I'm really high on Mason Rudolph. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think he's got a lot of promise and he's not afraid to throw the ball. So, um, I mean, it should be the, the only thing that's going to hold him back really is, is, uh, the coaches and whether they let him open up that offense a little bit. Um, he is, you, you know, he played at Oklahoma state under Gundy. So he's used to a spread offense, uh, a variation of that that air raid offense a little bit. Uh, so I, I I mean if they if they allow him to do that, then uh, I expect him to have some some moderate success. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. 
Um, maybe not for Ben, but it could be, a, you know, with the Big 12 offense kind of making its way into the NFL, this, this really could be the future for the Steelers. I'm interested to see it. Absolutely. All right, so another major shakeup at the quarterback position this week. Drew Brees out for several weeks with torn ligament and the thumb on his throwing hand. Um, Teddy Bridgewater will take over as the starter. And if you remember, during the offseason, Teddy Bridgewater was, you know, offered big money by the Dolphins to come in and be the starter. He turns it down to stay as Drew Brees back up. He's going to get the chance to start. And you got to remember, too, Teddy Bridgewater was an upcoming quarterback for the Vikings when he had that devastating knee injury. So um, I know you picked the Saints as one of your Super Bowl favorites. How much does that change with this news? Um, I, Obviously, it changes because, you know, you're talking about Breeze missing potentially six games. So, uh, I mean, if they can hold the ship steady, I mean, I'm talking go three and three over those six games. Uh, and give Drew Brees, you know, a four and three record coming back. I think the Saints will be fine. Uh, it seems like Sean Payton saying they're going to do a two quarterback system. Taysom Hill is going to get a lot of playing. Teddy Bridgewater it seems like will be starting. Um, and like you said, Bridgewater just a few years ago, I mean, he he uh, took the Vikings to the playoffs. Um, he's he's more of a game manager quarterback. He's you know they're going to have to find other ways to win because I don't think he's going to you know, they're going to be able to put up the 30, 40 points that they can with Drew Brees, but uh, the defense has looked fairly solid this year. They've got Kamara, they've got Latavius Murray at running back. Uh, Taysom Hill can obviously carry the ball a lot and they can do a lot of other things with him. So uh, I think the Saints are going to be fine overall. Um, I think they're going to probably win at least three of those games. Um, they do have a, you know, a somewhat tough schedule over that point, but um, it'll it'll honestly be good to get Taysom Hill a look, be good to get Teddy Bridgewater a look. Um, see, you know, even see if Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater is the heir apparent to Drew Brees, honestly. Um, Brees, you know, he's gonna be turning 40 years old here soon. So he probably doesn't have that much more time left in him. Uh so if Bridgewater can show some flashes or or Taysom Hill can sh- uh show some flashes, uh, you know, maybe they won't be so nervous when Drew Brees retires. Uh, so I think, I think it's a, it's a win-win for the, for the saints in, in that scenario. I mean, obviously you prefer Drew Brees, but, um, I mean, they're getting an opportunity now early in the season, um, to, uh, to see what they really have at those backup quarterback spots. Yeah. And it almost makes you wonder, it almost seemed during the off season that he was kind of preparing is this is Drew Brees's, I won't say his final year, but the way his contract is structured, um, basically next year he's going to be worth so much in cap space that they're either going to have to do another renegotiation or it's, he's going to retire. And that's what the thought was. So they were kind of all in on this season. Say something doesn't go right and the Saints lose enough games to where they're out of the playoffs before Breeze comes back. Does he come back next year? Um, I think so because I don't think he's going to want to go out on that type of year. I think he's going to want to go out on a on a high note and uh, – um, so I, I think he he probably comes back unless it's something where the uh, the Saints you know not don't necessarily need him back or you know they politely ask him not to come back and then in that scenario then then he may not but he's a competitor I think if if they don't make the playoffs this year after coming so close last year to the Super Bowl um, if they don't make it because of injuries I think he for sure comes back. All right, so it's a couple of veterans that uh, getting shaken up at the quarterback position. Uh, some more quarterback news came just before the games got underway this last weekend, and that was that Sam Darnold came down with mono 
and is set to miss several weeks. Uh, Trevor Simeon took over for him in the Monday night football game, got hurt during it. Luke Falk came in. Uh, I mean, Simeon's getting an MRI done on his ankle. And as of right now, I think he's out for the season. So the only really healthy quarterback on the roster is Luke Falk out of Washington State. So uh, I know this is probably going to make the Jets fans miserable. They had such high hopes for the season. Um, it's looking pretty grim for their season, right? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's this is, you know, I, I made mention of it in, in uh, one of our articles uh earlier in the week that, uh, you know, I had high hopes for the jets. Um, I, I, I really believe in Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams and those guys, CJ Mosley, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously is a, is a legit running back. So, um, I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but, uh, I mean, Sam Darnold will come back, you know, he'll still be able to start 12, you know, probably 12 games this season, uh, maybe 11. Uh, so they could, it could still be a productive year, uh, in terms of development, uh, maybe not the win loss, uh, win losses that they wanted, but, uh, you know, Luke Falk kind of like, uh, Mason Rudolph though. I mean, he's, he's the guy that was at Washington state before Gardner Minshew, uh, the uh, the traditional air raid offense there with Mike Leach he's a guy that's used to throwing the ball um, what they need to do is is adjust the offense around him and and give those uh, you know those receivers uh, you know put them in the zones and stuff like that and uh, you know let them you know let the offense really come to him don't make you know don't make him adjust to the offense uh, adjust the offense to him at least for the next few weeks um, because he's a guy that that can throw the ball in the right scenario so uh, he's not afraid to throw the ball either so. Um, adjust the offense to him a little bit. And I, I think they can can hold steady till Darnold comes back and maybe win some games once Darnold comes back. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of Le'Veon Bell coming in and stepping up right now, hopefully. Um, if people start shutting him down, though, Luke Falk's going to start slinging it. And uh, what a good time to be a Washington State fan, right? you got Gardner Minshew starting in Jacksonville, Luke Falk for the Jets. Uh, those guys are representing out of Washington State. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's an easy. I mean, again, again, like I mentioned, I mean they're guys. A lot of these rookies that come in, they're they come in in these systems that that didn't really throw the ball a lot, or they they didn't have a very uh, a very technical offense. But those air raid offenses, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of run pass option, a lot of reads they have to make. So a lot of these guys are are really ready whenever they come into the NFL. They're they're ready to 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 throw the ball. Honestly, um, their biggest thing is is doing it from under center. Um, you kind of have to run out of the shotgun a lot, which we're seeing that more and more in the NFL, especially with the uh, the run pass option uh, implement and all that stuff. So, uh, I mean, it's a great time to be a Washington State fan. It's a good, it's a great time to be a Big Twelve fan, and it's a great time to be a, a, an Air Raid fan. Absolutely. So, if you're keeping track, that's three quarterback changes that are going to happen this next week. Um, the fourth one, Cam Newton, reportedly unlikely to start this week with an ankle injury that he reaggravated. Um, Kyle Allen is set to start. Now, Kyle Allen was an undrafted free agent in 2018, and he beat out Will Greer, the third-round pick this year, for the backup job. Obviously, losing Cam Newton is a catastrophe for this offense. Uh, can the Panthers win without him? No, they haven't been able to win with Cam Newton. I don't think they're going to really <laughs> win without him, honestly. Uh, good point. Uh, I think they've lost nine out of their last 10 games going back to last season. I mean, they've the, the strange thing is when you look at their team, they've got talent. Uh, they've got, I mean, their defensive line is stout. They got great linebackers, great secondary. Uh, they got Christian McCaffrey, obviously Greg Olson has been healthy so far this year. 
Uh, I mean, the problem, I mean, the problem has been Cam Newton, honestly, he hasn't run the ball like he normally does. Uh, the shoulder injury doesn't seem to be healed. Um, they're not really letting him throw it downfield. And when he does, he's not very accurate. Um, but again, he's still better than anyone they have on the team. So, um, I mean, they, again, they haven't won with him. I don't think they're going to win without him. So that's four quarterback changes. Now for the fifth one, we're going to go on to some non-injury related news, and that is Eli Manning has been benched for Daniel Jones. We've been talking about this all season and in our season previews. We kind of said it was inevitable that it would happen at some point this season. I thought it would be three or four weeks in. Um, even though Eli was struggling, is this too soon to switch to Jones? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is this move is way too soon. They should have given Eli at least a few more weeks. Right now, uh, they don't have Golden Tate at receiver. Uh, they've been banged up a little bit on both sides of the ball, uh, and they, and they've really, I mean, they've played two solid teams. I mean, they they uh, played the Cowboys, who you know have two convincing wins. They played the Bills, who are two and zero now, uh, and the Bills have a legit defense. Cowboys have a legit defense. Uh, I think they probably should have given him a little more leeway at the moment. Um, if you look at his stats, he hasn't really played bad um, statistically. Um, he He's had a few issues here and there. But then again, Daniel Jones came in and and immediately fumbled and turned the ball over against the Cowboys. So uh, I, th- I think it's a little too soon. Like I said, week nine or ten, they probably should have made the change. But um, it is it is what it is. The change has been made now, so now it's it's all on Daniel Jones, and we'll have to see how he plays. Yeah, I feel like barring injury, there's no going back on this. So um, if, if Eli Manning is done for the season, do you think he's done for good? Have we seen the last of Eli? Um, it's hard to say. I'd like to think so because I, I don't really want to see him in another uniform. Uh, and I say that as a Cowboys fan, so I'm not I'm not a fan of the Giants, but – uh, I respect what Eli's done. It'd be a shame to see him go, you know, to to have that career where he plays, you know, 15 seasons in one uniform and then one season in a in a random, you know, uniform wherever that may be. Um, I, I'd like to see him retire, honestly, and go out with some class. And he, I mean, that entire family's a, a fairly classy family. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna retire after this season. So uh, he's gonna help Daniel Jones the best he can. Yeah, and he really he really took the news pretty well too. Uh, I saw the coach said, uh, "What what advice did Eli give Daniel Jones?" And he said, "Throw it to the guys that are wearing your jerseys." <laughs> so I feel like he's not taking it too bad. I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall when they drafted Daniel Jones. So it, he just probably didn't expect it to happen this fast. Yeah, and and I watched a press conference with uh, with uh, Eli earlier today actually, and he. Uh, he was talking about, you know, he's, you know, his job is to help his team win. He's going to help uh, Daniel Jones out the best he can. He's going to help, you know, give the starting defense a good look uh, as he runs the second team offense and the scout team offense a little bit. So, uh, I mean, it's it's good to see, like I said, that you know, the entire Manning family are, are class acts. It's good to see the 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 veteran quarterbacks doing that and not pulling a, a Joe Flacco where they basically say it's not my job to to teach the young guy. I don't really care about him. You know, he should teach himself. He should do this. You know, it's, it's nice to see the veteran come in and say, Hey, I'm going to help you out. Cause that's my job. Uh, so I mean, exactly. it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, situation. I think for Daniel Jones, honestly. Yeah. So if you're keeping track, that's five potential quarterback, actually four for sure. Cam Newton's still kind of questionable, but that could be five new quarterbacks starting this week. So that'll be really interesting to watch. All right, and our first bit of non-quarterback-related news. 
Uh, disgruntled defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers for a first-round pick and some other late-round pick swapping. Um, after the Dolphins kind of tanking continued in week two as we saw the the 40, what was it, 43-0? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's apparent now that the Dolphins players have quit on the team because the team kind of quit on them by unloading all their players. Uh, this is one of the worst tank jobs I've ever seen but it might just be effective. Now the Dolphins are going to head into the next draft with three first-round picks. One of those is almost certain to be the number one overall pick. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the Dolphins are handling this whole situation with their players? I, I mean, I, I feel bad for the for the players. Um, I mean, no one wants to go into a game knowing that they're, they're likely to lose the game. Um, but... I'll say at least with the Dolphins, they have a direction. We know what they're doing. We know where they're going. Uh, I've said it in, in previous podcasts. I've said it in our blogs. Um, I, I expect it to be a quick turnaround, honestly, for Miami because they're going to have so many draft picks, high draft picks, uh, over the next couple years. Um, I expect it to be a quick turnaround. Um, they have all that free uh, salary cap space free now. Um, I do feel bad for him, but at least there's there's a direction. When you look at other teams, uh, you know, you you look at the teams like uh, like the Broncos or or the Panthers or or even the Buccaneers. You know, there doesn't really seem to be a any direction to them. It's you know they bring in a couple people and then they hope it fixes it, but it's there's really nothing there. Um, the Dolphins, you know, they're openly tanking. You know, despite what they say, I mean, they're clearly tanking. Uh, but they're they're assembling picks and they're assembling uh, they're assembling picks or assembling uh, salary cap space. So they should have money to sign players. They're going to have a lot of picks to you know to fill a lot of holes immediately. Uh, so I, I, it's unfortunate for the players that are still there. But you know next year and uh, per- particularly two years from now, I think they're going to be they're going to be ready to to challenge honestly for a playoff spot. I believe. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you and I are playing Madden, I love all the moves that they're making because they're stockpiling picks, they're cutting their their high cap players, all the stuff. But if you look at it from a player perspective, how hard does it have to be to be like an Xavier Howard or something that you've got all these friends and brothers on the team with you and they're just getting traded left and right with no regards to anything. And then you hear the general manager come out and say, oh, well, we weren't planning on trading Laramie Tunsil. We weren't planning on trading Mika Fitzpatrick. These things just came up and we got these crazy offers. Uh, to me, it's I think the the morale for the players that are left is going to be so bad that they're going to have to basically start over on the roster because I don't think the players, especially on defense, are really going to forgive what's happened to this team this year. I mean, and it's it's one of those things. Honestly, at this point, it's where they're at, and like you said, with the morale, like I would probably go ahead and trade uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, I'd probably trade Devontae Parker. I'd probably trade Xavion Howard. Um, because between those guys, you're probably going to be, you know, Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker, probably mid-round picks, honestly. But Xavion Howard, you know, you could potentially get another first-round pick or, you know, maybe a second and a third out of him. Uh, I'd go ahead and restart. And And right now the fans are angry, the players are angry. But, you know, next year when they have, you know, Tua on their team and they have uh, Taylor on their team from Wisconsin and and they got all these other players that, you know, and they're just loaded, uh, you know, and all of a sudden they're going to be an exciting team and they're going to be a deep team and they're going to have a lot of money to go out and bring in these free agents. Uh, you know, those attitudes are going to turn around pretty quick, I think. So let me ask you this question. I've been thinking about this all week. Um, 
we saw it in kind of the 49ers did it for one year. The Cardinals have done it. Do they fire their head coach after this season? I mean, the head coach can't really do much with the players he has. But if they're get, if they're getting a new quarterback and a new everything, do they go ahead and just get a new coach next year too? I don't. I don't believe so. Um, again, with those, you know, with the Cardinals last year, I don't think they had a direction. Um, I think you know with Rosen, they took the quarterback that they thought they had to take. I don't think they chose a quarterback they thought was their franchise quarterback. Um, and they they uh, had signed some players and and things like that, but there wasn't really a direction for for the 49ers. There wasn't a direction for the Cardinals. Um, I don't I don't think they're going to fire him. I think they went into this season knowing, hey, this is what it's going to be. Just get through this season, and we'll start giving you the players you need. Now, two or three years down the line, if they're still winning one, two, three, four games, he's definitely gone. But um, I I don't expect him to be fired after this season at all. Yeah, kind of giving off like this Hugh Jackson kind of vibe where, you know, the even back then the the Browns looked like, oh, we got all this draft capital. We're going to really build something special and, and Hugh Jackson can take over. And then it just never really developed and kind of wasted some of those picks. So that was my only thing. I, I don't think they should fire him. I think they should keep him. But if some brilliant play caller comes up and they get uh, to uh, do they go ahead and pull the trigger? I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I think if like say Oklahoma's quarter or uh, Oklahoma's coach comes exactly, up, or that's what I was thinking. Yes, yeah, so someone like that. Yeah, if he says, "Hey, I'm I I'm interested in that job. I want to coach too. I want to coach Taylor. I want to coach whoever else they draft. Um, I want these guys." Um, you know, yeah. I I I think at that point you say, "Yeah, okay, sorry, man, we got to let you go." Um, because we're bringing you know this is a this is a great opportunity. We got to bring this guy in. You know, sorry for the, you know. Sorry for the for the situation, but we got to do what we got to do. Absolutely. All right, so let's go from one disgruntled defensive back to another. Uh, we learned this weekend Jalen Ramsey demands a trade from the Jaguars after getting into a heated confrontation with Doug Marone on the sideline of their Week 2 matchup. The Jags are wanting more than a first-round pick for Ramsey. Uh, do you think they get it? Uh, maybe. Um hard to i mean i think they should get more than a first round i don't think they should get two first rounds i think a first a second and a third or maybe a a first and a, a third this year and a third next year or something like that i think is fair um or maybe even a first this year a second this year and a third next year something you know something along those lines i think is fair for his talent um two first round picks absolutely not um uh, but i mean right now i, I think they're going to play the waiting game honestly because they don't have any there's no need to trade him at the moment. I mean, he's under contract. Um, he's going to play. Um, he already I mean, he's playing tomorrow, uh, tomorrow against the Titans uh, or this week against the Titans. Sorry. Uh, so I, I think he's going to keep playing, you know, regardless. So I don't think there's really any any need to trade him. I mean, I think he's trying a power move. But and I think if the right deal comes up, the Jaguars will do it. But um, I think I think they're going to wait until they get the exact offer they want. One of the things you have to think about on this, too, is you're not only giving up the draft capital to get him, but as soon as you get him, you're going to have to give him a contract extension, which, I mean, like him, love him or hate him, he's one of the top five corners in the league. He's going to get a big contract. So a lot of people, rumors the Chiefs are going to go all in on him. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs don't want to give up that draft capital. But on top of that, I don't think that with Mahomes' contract coming up and Chris Jones' contract coming up, I just don't know that they're going to have the cap room to sign him to a top five 
contract. So I, it's going to be curious. I'm thinking maybe a team that, that has a lot of cap room might make a play for him. And it's, it's, uh, uh, I mean, with, with, he's already said in the past, you know, he made a comment last, uh, I think going into last season, or maybe it was earlier this, this off season, um, about how much money, you know, the Jaguars are going to have to pay to keep him, uh, with his ego. I think he's going to, he's, he's not going to sign a contract that may, that pays him any less than the number one cornerback in the NFL. Um, I, I will almost guarantee it. I would put a large amount of money on it. Um, when he signs his contract, at least for that time being, he'll be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, um, without doubt. But whoever does trade for him, you know, not only are you giving up that capital, but you're also needing, you know, you need to factor in that we better have a lot of salary cap set aside because we're, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to pay this man. Yeah. And if you're one of those people that kind of keeps track of what players do on social media, which I think is, uh, it's a, not a fun pastime to get into. I don't know that it really means much, but he did follow all the Chiefs players. He unfollowed all the Jags players and the, the Jags team. He also followed the Lions and liked a, or tweet, retweeted a comment about him going to the Lions. So uh, the Lions and Chiefs are probably the two that I could see right now with I think the Lions went out because I just think they can give up more and pay more. I think they're I think they're a little more desperate than the Chiefs are too. I mean, the Chiefs uh, I mean, their their defense hasn't looked bad this year, honestly. It's looked, yeah, they're it's, actually top 10 if you look at it in scoring right now. I mean, they've they've looked solid. They've, you know, kind of made a couple bonehead decisions, you know, or plays, and they, they've kind of given up a few big plays here and there. But they also have Morris Claiborne coming back uh, in week five. And while he's not a, a playmaker, I mean, he's a solid cornerback. He's a solid starting uh, cornerback in the NFL, and uh, that's going to help that defense out a little bit. And, and then they uh, – uh, they still have um, uh, Breland Speaks is injured right now. So when he comes back, you know, that's another little boost to that defense. So, you know, they've got two, you know, they're not going to be a huge difference, but they got two little boosts still waiting to join the defense right now. So, and they're, and they're playing okay. And you got to uh, think too, this is only what they're, this will be their third game on a new yeah. offense or new defense. Sorry. So yeah. a lot of these players are switching from the three, four to the four, three. So, I believe with time they're even going to get a little bit better just with the game plan. Now I I'll say this: um, what I what I believe could happen though is you know they play the Ravens this upcoming week and if if Lamar Jackson comes out and shreds them, uh, the Chiefs may hit the panic button going, "Oh my God, Lamar Jackson just shredded us!" Imagine what Tom Brady could do against us, and that's who we need to worry about. We got to get Jalen Ramsey. Um, I could see that potentially happening um, if if Lamar Jackson has a good game. Um, but we'll we'll see. All right, so that about covers all the bad news with the trades and the injuries. So let's go to a quick recap of week two action. Um, we just spoke about Lamar Jackson. He looks solid again against the Cardinals, gaining 393 total yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, do you think this is the real Lamar Jackson, or is this a result of playing two bad defenses in a row? Because you got to think, we know the Dolphins are – literally the worst team in the NFL, maybe one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. And then the Cardinals were the dead last team last year. First overall pick, they kind of are starting to rebuild, but they're not there yet either. So is this the real Lamar Jackson or are we kind of getting uh, fooled by these bad defenses? Uh, I think it's both, honestly. I think I think Lamar Jackson has done a good job of adjusting to the NFL, honestly. If you look at him when he was at Louisville, uh, you know, his best passing came when he threw to the tight end and you know what's he done these first two games he's thrown to the tight end 
Um, he's also thrown the deep, he also threw the deep ball well in college. And what's he done now? He's thrown the deep, you know, the deep ball now that he's got Hollywood Brown out there. Um, so I think he's done a good job adjusting to the NFL, but what we need to see is when the NFL readjusts to how he's playing now, will Lamar Jackson make another adjustment, you know, to fit, to fix how they're, you know, cause eventually you're going to play a good defense that's going to take away your tight end and they're going to take away that deep threat. So what are you going to do at that point? Um, and that's what we need to see Lamar Jackson in. And, and we haven't seen that yet. So when that happens, how will Lamar Jackson react to it? And, and that's what I'm kind of waiting to see. So right now I think it's, he's adjusted to what they're throw to what they threw to him last year, but he hasn't had another adjustment thrown to him yet. Yeah. And when you look at it too, you obviously see his rushing has gone down quite a bit. Well, I think the re- that's a result of he hasn't been playing any good secondaries. He hasn't had to run. You know, he just drops back and lobs it up, and his tight end, Mark Andrews, wide open. Uh, There was a play against the Cardinals where they were so open that the only player around Mark Andrews was the other tight end. So, I mean, it's it's a couple bad defenses, and I think that when defenses force him to run again, that's when he could get into some injury trouble. But I look to – I'm looking for when they go against a good defense, and I think the matchup with the Chiefs will be – uh, you know, it's not really a good defense, but it's better than the two that they've played. You got Tyron Matthew who might cover up Mark Andrews. So it'll be a really fun matchup to watch. Yeah, I think, I mean, and, and this is a playoff matchup from last year too. So it's, it's, uh, it, sh- it should be fun, honestly. I mean, it's, they're two teams that are familiar. I think they played each other twice last year. Now they're playing each other early this season. Uh, so it should be, it should be good, honestly. Yes. Yeah, so let's flip over to the other team in that matchup. This week, Pat Mahomes puts up one of the most incredible quarters of football any quarterback has ever played, throwing for 278 yards and four touchdowns in the second quarter alone against the Raiders. Um, He'd go on to throw over 400 yards in the game. The Chiefs dismantled the Raiders in Oakland. What do you think about that quarter by Mahomes? I mean, the quarter was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Obviously, like you said, it's one of the best quarters we've ever seen. Um, That'd be, I mean if a quarterback had that going into the fourth quarter, you know, if he did that over a three quarter period, that's a, that's a good three quarters. And he, he did it in one. Um, what I, what I do want to see from Mahomes though, is you saw in that first quarter that the, the, the uh, Raiders did a great job defending the chiefs on that one. I think he only had 35 yards passing in the first quarter, uh, something around there. Uh, and, and they were physical with the receivers. Um, they were physical at the line of scrimmage. I, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see if there's a team that can keep that up for, for four quarters against the chiefs, because it, it worked for that one quarter. And then you could kind of tell that the, the Raiders obviously got tired and they, you know, mentally and physically, they got tired in that second quarter and the chiefs just shredded them. So, uh, I mean, but a phenomenal, phenomenal quarter. Obviously, he kind of backed down in the in the third and fourth quarter. They, you know, kind of took their their foot off the pedal a little bit. But I mean, uh, he still threw for you know 150 yards in the second half, I think, give or take somewhere around there. Uh, so he still had a good second half, even too. So uh, I mean, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, the the Raiders have looked like a solid defense so far this season. I mean, between week one and the first quarter of this game, I mean they they've shown some sign, you know, some signs of improvement, honestly. So uh, that was good for the, for the chiefs. Good for Mahomes. Yeah. One of the things I really like to see, if you looked at the games that the chiefs were down in the first half last year, they always came back in the second half. And I saw an interview with Mahomes and during the off season, he said, the thing we need to work on is making those adjustments before halftime. 
So I think what you might have been seeing too is they came out, they saw an interesting front for the Raiders because they had they stacked the box. Everyone was pressed up on the line. They had no deep safeties, and that's something that the Chiefs don't really see a lot. And uh, it looks like after the first quarter, they kind of sat down and made uh, some adjustments. And then, of course, you see what happens in the second quarter. So I want to see that keep going on. I don't want the Chiefs to wait till halftime to make the correct adjustments. You saw that in both the New England games last year. Both times they had different defensive fronts coming up that kind of confused Mahomes. And it took Andy Reid and Mahomes a whole half to get the adjustments made. But then they came back at the end. So they can do that in the second quarter. They might be. They might got a chance to win some of those close ones. Yeah, and and I'll say this though: one one concern I do have after that Chiefs game is is uh you know the Chiefs running attack was was just atrocious honestly in that that game I think it was thirty one care or thirty one yards on twenty two carries. Um, you know that worked against the Raiders. They didn't need the running game, but I think when they start going against against those teams, you know, like a Chicago, like a Dallas. Um, even like a Denver, those teams that can that can use a four man front um, or even a you know three man front with a blitzer um, to stop the run and to put pressure on the quarterback, and they can drop those seven guys into coverage. Uh, you know the Chiefs when that happens, the Chiefs are going to need to be able to run the ball, so they need to figure out you know whether they was just bad schemes or whether it was bad blocking or or what it was. They they do need to figure that out, and they need to get that running game back on track. It looked good week one, uh, looked terrible week two. Yeah, and I, I think that that kind of was dictated, too, by the once they hit a couple long bombs, they started passing a bunch more, and they just never really got the ground game established. And I don't see it getting a lot better this week because I heard today LaShawn McCoy, uh, he had an MRI on his ankle. He looks like he's going to be fine for the game, but he wasn't at practice. Damian Williams is not going to practice. He's listed as questionable to doubtful for the game. So you literally could be looking at, um, Darwin Thompson starting for the Chiefs this week, and they don't really have much depth behind him. So uh, it could be Darwin Thompson, Shady McCoy playing a lot this week. Yeah, it should be interesting. All right, so in week three, we're going to get a matchup of those guys, and it's going to be a fun one because I looked at the stats too. Right now, there's only two quarterbacks that have seven touchdowns and zero picks this season, and that's Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So it should be a real fun one to watch. All right, so we got Green Bay came out and dropped 21 points on the what we thought was really talented Vikings defense in the first half of their game. Um, have the Packers figured out this new offense under Matt Lafleur, or is there something kind of wrong with the Vikings right now? Uh, I'd say no on both of them, honestly. Um, I think the the Packers came out with a, a quick surge got the 21 points but then they did nothing after that they could barely move the ball um the vikings adjusted really well i think the the packers clearly caught the vikings off guard uh you know at the beginning of that game i don't think they were ready for some of the stuff that they did um but the vikings made great adjustments um we saw what the the uh the falcons did in week two and the the vikings you know annihilated them week one they shut them down and the falcons you know they shredded the eagles week two so um, I think the Vikings defense is fine. I think they were really just caught off guard. And when you saw them make those adjustments, uh, they shut the Packers down. So I think it's more of a concern, even though the Packers won the game. For me personally, there's more concern with the Packers offense than the Vikings defense. Yeah, my biggest concern is the Vikings offense. Uh, their quarterback play out of Kirk Cousins is not going to work if they keep doing it this way. And actually, there was a sound bite today of Kirk Cousins coming out saying, 
if I play like this again, I may not be the starter for long. Um, I saw, I listened to Vikings beat writers talking about how he was missing wide open passes, overthrowing things, just making generally bad decisions. Uh, this is really, a, he didn't really have to do much week one. And then week two is a struggle. So do you have faith in Kirk cousins as a starter? Uh, not right. <laughs> not right now. I mean, we, you know, we, we both, we have a friend that's obviously he's a huge Kirk cousins fan and we give him a lot of flack over it, but Kirk cousins statistically usually looks good. He just kind of chokes and, you know, a little bit in, in under in pressure situations. And right now he's just not even playing well. Um, it's not even that, that he's putting up 300 yards and, and three touchdowns and then throwing an interception at the last second. Um, to lose the game or or missing receivers, you know, at the end of the game that could you know put him in position to win the game. Uh, right now, he's just he just looks bad. Uh, some of his decision making is bad. His throws are bad. Uh, his reads are bad. Uh, I mean, everything about him right now ha- has been bad. And a lot of people, I have to say, they must have seen this in in uh, training camp because a lot of people were saying, well, week one they only threw it ten times because they ran the ball so well. I think it. It was they only threw it 10 times because they didn't trust Kirk Cousins to throw it anymore. Uh, because we saw that against the Packers, and, and I mean, he he he's looked bad so far, yeah. Uh, against they, the Packers, I mean, they, they were down 21 points and they still handed the ball to Dalvin Cook 23 times, so they clearly weren't gonna trust Kirk Cousins to bring them back from the, the 21 point deficit. And and they have, I mean, they have Stefan Diggs, they have Adam Thielen, they have Rudolph at tight end. Uh, I mean, they've got weapons and he's not able to use them properly. So, uh, I mean, it's, I, I honestly, as much flack as we give people about Kirk cousins, I mean, I think he's a good NFL quarterback, but right now he is, he is not playing like one. It'll be interesting to see as they take on the Raiders this week. All right. So here's a kind of a surprise 49ers move to two and zero on the season. Jimmy Garoppolo throws for 297 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, are the 49ers for real? Is Jimmy Garoppolo 100% back from his ACL injury? I don't believe so. I mean, I, I think they're going to have a a solid – I think they're going to be an 8-8 eight and eight team, maybe a 9-7 and seven team. Um, but that Bengals defense, it's just a bad defense. Um, yeah. You know, the the Bengals offense has, has, has been explosive at times this season. They've shown some promise, but the defense – puts them in a lot of bad situations um, that forces them, you know, to come out of their comfort zone really. So uh, I, I, I'm more impressed with the 49ers defense at the moment, but the offense, obviously it's looked good. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's for real in terms of, are they going to win 11 games and win the division? No, I don't think so. I still think they're the third best team in that division. Um, I think the Seahawks are better. I think the Rams are better. Um, but I, I do believe that they could hit eight wins, maybe nine wins. And I, I, I do believe Garoppolo is back from the injury. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're as good as what they've shown so far. So here's another team that's a surprise two and zero to start the season. And that's the bills. Um, they got a victory over the giants this week. So here's something I didn't think I'd ever say. With victories against the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks, are the Bills the best New York team? At the moment, yeah, because they've already beat the two, the the other two teams. So, I mean, yeah, they're the thing that the, the the Bills are the best New York team. It's been a while since we've been able to say that. I mean, I I hoped I could say that at some point, but yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy. But I mean, they've they've looked good. They had a good comeback win against the uh, the Jets. I mean, they looked horrible in the first half, but you know. 
they kept working. They made adjustments. They came back. They won the game. And then against the Giants, they just dominated them, honestly. And I know the Giants aren't very good, but from a confidence standpoint, from uh, for a Josh Allen and, and for a, a Brown and a Beasley and those guys that are, you know, Allen's, you know, still second year in the league and Beasley and Brown are new to the team. Uh, so for that confidence builder, you know, it's a great win. You know, the defense is great. Um, they have a, a ferocious uh, front line. They've got a good secondary uh, solid linebackers. Uh, they're running the ball pretty decently right now. Uh, Allen, Allen's making some good decisions at the moment, um, at least for the last game and a half. First game, it was bad. But, uh, I mean, they're in the Patriots division. They're not going to win the division. But I think they're the second-best team in that division. And I don't, I don't really think it's that close, honestly. Yeah, that's what it appears anyway. All right, so in Denver, the Bears pull off a close win with a somewhat controversial last-second field goal. Uh, they, you know, they complete a pass to get in field goal range as he's going down one second on the clock. They give him the second back because they say a timeout was called. Kick the field goal to win. Uh, you know, are the Bears struggling that much on offense because it was a low-scoring game? Is it, Are they going against two defenses that are really good in the first two weeks, or is the offense have something wrong? I think it's the good D. De- well, I think it's a combination. I think it's they've gone against two really good defenses. Um, you know, the Broncos are a good defense. They're they're a top twelve defense probably, um, talent wise. Uh, the Packers, I mean, they've shown to be surprisingly good so far through two games um, on defense. So uh, I think they've gone against some good defense, um, but also not playing in the preseason is is clearly hurting them right now. And they're still shaking off that rust. I think they're going to come around. I think they'll be fine on the offense. Um, They did get lucky. Like you said, to win that game one, they were given that second back, but then two, uh, that roughing the passer call on Bradley Chubb was, was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, I don't, I don't know how they pretty rough. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Um, so, I mean, they're they're getting a little bit of luck that allowed them to win that game. But, I mean, a win's a win. It still counts. It's still up on the, you know, in the win column. So, uh, they just got to, you know, adjust and go from there. All right. Let's take a look at where Mike and I stand after week two in our picks. Uh, not our proudest week of picks. We both went nine and seven this week. Um, I'm 18, 13 and one on the season. And Mike's 21-10-1 and holds a three-game lead over me going into week three. So how are you feeling so far about your picks? Uh, I feel pretty solid. I mean, there are some some picks that caught me off guard. Uh, Tennessee losing, obviously, and uh, uh, the uh, Chargers losing. I mean, some some things like that kind of caught me off guard. Um, and then other, you know, circumstances, you know, I think I picked the Saints over the Rams. And, you know, I didn't factor in Drew Brees getting hurt um, or that ridiculous touchdown being called back. Uh, that Cam Jordan returned. So, uh, you know, I, I feel good. I, I, I feel good about the pick so far. All right. So let's get started with our picks for this week. Thursday night game is an AFC South division matchup between the Jags and Titans. Who you got? I'm going Titans. I think they're just a better team overall. I make, I am excited to watch Gardner Minshew though. I, I'm hoping the Jags will just let him throw the ball because he's shown so far when they open up the offense and they allow him to kind of sling it around a little bit that, that he can be effective. I just hope they allow him to do it for an entire game, but I am picking the Titans to win the game. I'm actually going to go Jags on this. I, I really like Gardner Minshew. I think uh, his connection with DJ Chark is something to really look out for. If uh, if you're looking at the waiver wire in your fantasy league and DJ Chark is out there, in PPR leagues, he's currently the sixth best wide receiver. So that tells you how much Gardner Minshew uh, kind of relies on him. 
Um, and I hope Leonard Fournette gets the ground game going. And I think the defense can step up. Uh, obviously, they're going to have Ramsey for this game. So I think the Jags are going to win it. All right. So next up, we have a matchup that shouldn't really be close. In fact, Vegas has the Cowboys at a 21 point favorite over the Dolphins. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going Cowboys, and I think it's going to be more than 21 points. Honestly, <laughs> it uh, should be. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's. I'm I'm going Cowboys. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I even even if you're not a Cowboys fan, even if you hate the Cowboys, you still have to pick the Cowboys because they're just they're that much better than the Dolphins. Yeah, I think, uh, and you you always see Vegas kind of they they take it easy on these teams. I mean. To really think 21 points, it's going to be more than that. Everyone knows that. I mean, look at the last two weeks. They've been outscored, what is it, 100 and t- 111 to 10 or something like that? So, uh, I think 102 to 10. 102 to 10. So, yeah, I think uh, Cowboys definitely cover that point spread. Uh, the craziest part is that is not the largest spread for this week. The Patriots are favored by 23 over the Jets, which is crazy to me. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Cowboys all day. And like you said, I'm not biased, and it, it's it's Cowboys. Clears the 21, no problem. All right, so next we have the 0-2 Bengals visiting the 2-0 Bills. Can the Bills keep on winning? Who do you got? I think the Bills I think the Bills are going to do it. Like I said, I, I like the, the Bengals' uh, offense. I think they look good. John Ross has been great. Um, Tyler Boyd's looking good. Tyler Eifert you know, has been solid and staying healthy. Andy Dalton's actually played surprisingly well so far this season. Uh, they need to get Joe Mixon going, but the defense is just terrible. Uh, and and the, the Bills are a better you know, or a more well-rounded team right now, so I'm going the Bills. Yeah, Joe Mixon's reportedly completely off the injury report and ready to roll this week, but I, I just think the Bills have too much talent on offense and defense. And uh, the, the Bills have one of those sneaky good secondaries, so I think it's going to be much harder for John Ross and some of these guys to get open. Uh, without um, A.J. Green, I think the Bills take this one. Yeah. All right, so the Eagles are coming off a big loss to the Falcons at home, and they're hosting the 1-0-1 Lions team that knocked off the Chargers. Who do you got? I'm actually going to go the Lions on this one. I, I like what the the Lions have done this season. Uh, I mean, they did tie the Cardinals week one, but they they didn't let that affect them mentally. They came back and they had a good performance last week against the Chargers. Uh, so I'm I'm going the Lions. I think the the Eagles have looked shaky so far. They they nearly lost to the Redskins, and then they they did lose to uh, the Falcons. So I, I they haven't. I mean, their offenses look good, but the defense has looked shaky so far. And and uh, kind of the same thing with the Bengals. Offense good, defense bad. I'm going uh, I'm going the Lions. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to take the Eagles in this one. I, I think that they kind of bounce back and get things straightened out. Carson Wentz looked good in the second half of that game against the Falcons. Um, the defense can tighten some things up. And the Lions I really like, but you got to look at, I, I've been saying it all year, the Chargers start out slow every year. They have the most injury, uh, most players on the injury list. So they beat them. They tied to a not very good Cardinals team. So I think the Eagles are going to win this one. All right. The Jets with Luke Falk at quarterback travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. I just mentioned the Patriots are a 23 point favorite. Who do you got? I'm going Patriots, obviously. I mean, uh, like I, I talked about Luke Falk earlier and being from Washington State and being able to throw the ball. But when it comes down to it, the Patriots, again, they just too much talent. 
uh, too well-rounded offense and defense. They could beat you several ways. They don't have to beat you passing it. They can beat you running it. They can beat you on the short pass, the deep pass. Doesn't matter if Antonio Brown plays or not. Uh, I, I think the Patriots take this just too good. Yeah, and it looks like Antonio Brown's clear to go for this week, so I think he develops a little bit more with Tom Brady. Um, I liked the Patriots over the Jets, even if they had Sam Darnold. So uh, definitely when they had Trevor Simeon, and now that they have Luke Falk, I could, I, you know, I'm not going to say that the Patriots are going to clear the 23 points because despite what the score looked like, the first half was not that great against the really bad Dolphins team. So I think that they win it, but I don't think they cover the 23 points. All right, so the Falcons coming off a big Sunday night football win over the Eagles visit the Colts, who have been in two close games this year. Who do you got? I'm I'm going the Falcons. I, I actually like what the Colts have done this season. Um, you know, they they honestly should be two and zero right now. Um, if it wasn't for some some missed kicks here and there by Vinatieri, um, but uh, the Falcons uh, again, it's it's more of a talent thing. I think their confidence has been boosted by beating the. The uh, the Eagles last week, the offense was clicking. Calvin Ridley looked good. Julio Jones looked good. Uh, if they can get Devontae Freeman going a little bit uh, and Matt Ryan can keep throwing it the way he is, I think they're they're going to take this game. It'll be close, though. Yeah, I think the Julio Jones looking like a beast last week. Plus, I don't see Vinatieri magically getting better this week at kicking, so I definitely got the Falcons in this one. All right, so we got the Raiders and Vikings, both coming off of crushing divisional losses. Clash in Minnesota. Who do you got? I'm I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, I think they're going to be looking for a bounce back win. Uh, defense is going to be too good for that Raiders offense. Um, and, and the uh, the Raiders defense, I don't think it's going to be able to stop uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I do expect the the passing game from Kirk Cousins to get going this week um, a little bit more. Uh, I expect a little cleaner game from those guys. So I'm going the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings in a close one. I don't think they're going to hand the Raiders a big loss, but I think I think the Raiders hang in there, but just don't quite do enough. I mean, the Raiders couldn't score against the Chiefs, but like I previewed in the last week, Derek Carr never plays well against the Chiefs, so I have no idea why, but I think he plays better against the Vikings, but maybe the Vikings in a 20-17 to 17 kind of game. Yeah. All right, so now we got a matchup of high-flying offenses at Arrowhead Stadium when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens take on Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Who do you got? I go in the Chiefs on this. Uh, the 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 Ravens have looked good, um, albeit against two bad teams. Um, the Chiefs, I think, again, even without Tyreek Hill, it's going to be too much offense. Uh, the defense has looked better this year. Uh, I don't expect Lamar Jackson to play as well. I, I think his running numbers are going to be better. I think he's going to run more against the Chiefs, um, but I don't think he's going to throw it as well as, as he has the first two games. So uh, I expect the Chiefs, but I, I do think it'll be somewhat close. I think they're – you know, probably more like a, a 31-21 or 31-24 kind of game uh, is what I expect. Yeah, I think uh, my matchup to watch is going to be Tyron Matthew and the Chiefs secondary against Mark Andrews. I think if they can neutralize that tight end, um, I think Pat Mahomes just puts up so many yards and points and touchdowns that Lamar Jackson will be able to keep up. So if Lamar – if uh, Mark Andrews gets loose, then it could be a whole nother story, but I'm taking the chiefs in a high scoring one, maybe like a 42 35 kind of game. Yeah. All right. So we got the winless Broncos coming off of a tough loss, take on another NFC North opponent and the undefeated Packers at Lambeau. Who do you got? I'm, I'm going the Packers on this one. Uh, I think yeah, the offense 
showed signs last week of improving from the Packers. Uh, I, I think the defense is going to be too good for that Broncos offense. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going the Packers on this one. What I would like to see, though, is I, I want to see the Broncos actually allow Flacco and that offense to, to move, you know, to throw the ball downfield in the two games so far this season when, when they've actually allowed Joe Flacco to, to throw it downfield to Sanders and Sutton and everyone. Uh, they've actually moved the ball really well. They've had they've they've moved it fast. They've scored some points. Uh, they've actually looked somewhat explosive. Um, but but uh, Vic Fangio, do, you know, doesn't really appear to be very keen on that idea. So I think that's going to hold them back again this week. And and I'm I'm picking Packers. Yeah, when I look at this matchup, I look at the two defenses and how they've performed so far this season. We know that the Broncos have the talent on defense to get to the passer, but they have not got a single sack this season. Um, when you listen to him all offseason, Von Miller saying, oh, Bradley Chubb looks like a monster. He's he's looks like a whole new player. They haven't touched a quarterback, really. Uh, and when you let Aaron Rodgers sit back there, I don't think there's any way they can beat him if Aaron Rodgers is, is clean in the pocket. So um, I got them winning by 14, probably. All right. The struggling Panthers travel to Arizona, take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, we mentioned Panthers might have Kyle Allen starting. So uh, is this Kyle Murray's first win? I think if if Allen starts, uh, the Cardinals win. If Newton starts, uh, the Panthers win. Right now I'm going to go on the assumption that Newton's not going to start. Doesn't sound like he's going to start, so I'm I'm picking the Cardinals on this one. Uh, they they've looked uh, they looked better in week two uh, in terms of just efficiency throwing the ball. Um, I, I'd like to see him get David Johnson a little more involved, uh, make that offense a little more balanced. They've thrown it uh, 94 times in two games so far, uh, but only run it 34 times. So I'd you know I'd like to see that a little more balanced. Uh, you know, at least run it 20 to 25 times a game, but. Um, I, I'm picking the the Cardinals right now on the assumption that that uh, Kyle Allen's going to start for the for the Panthers. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Cardinals regardless of who starts for the Panthers. Uh, I just watching the Panthers play the Bucks, they looked bad. Uh, the Bucks yeah. are not a great team, and they they beat the Panthers. But when you really look at it, I I mean, how how much can they run Christian McCaffrey until he's burnt out? I mean, they, that guy touches the ball on like 80 percent of the plays. Um, and I think if Cam Newton's playing, you're going to see a lot more – or not playing, you're going to see a lot more of of Christian McCaffrey. So I think Kyler Murray and the Cardinals pick up the first win. All right. Speaking of first wins, we've got Daniel Jones making his first career start with the Giants, and they hit the road to take on the Bucks in Tampa. Who do you got in that one? I'm going to Buccaneers. Uh, I think they have a lot of confidence right now after, after winning uh, against the Panthers. I'm actually going to take the Giants in this one, not because of Daniel Jones, but I think Saquon Barkley lights up the Bucks. So I do think Daniel Jones picks up a win. I don't. I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. I like Chris Godwin. I'm not the biggest Jameis Winston fan. Never really have been. Uh, but so I'm taking Daniel Jones getting his first win. All right, and another quarterback switch. We got Teddy Bridgewater taking over to, for Drew Brees and traveling to Seattle to take on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Who do you got in that one? Uh, going Seahawks in this one. They've looked good on offense, looked good on defense this year. Um, I I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be a somewhat low scoring, probably in the the high teens to low 20s uh, for both teams, honestly. I think it'll be close, but uh, without Drew Brees and, and with how good that defense has been playing on on uh, in Seattle, I think the Seahawks take this. 
Yeah, I think just because Drew Brees isn't there, the Seahawks take it. I do think it's going to be close, like you were saying. I, you know, I, I haven't been super high on the Seahawks. I mean, they battled the the Steelers, and the Steelers haven't been a great team. But I just, you know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he is going to be able to replace Drew Brees. So I got Seattle winning by a field goal. All right, and what should be another fun game to watch? We've got Deshaun Watson taking on Philip Rivers in Los Angeles. Who do you got? I'm going the Texans on this one. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Chargers usually struggle early. Uh, I think the Texans are, are uh, you know, they're going to want to continue winning like they did last week. They had a good game against the Jaguars. Uh, defenses look good this season so far. Uh, offense struggled a little bit last week, but I think they're going to get it going uh, this week against the Chargers. Chargers have, have looked pretty shaky on defense so far. Uh, so I think I think right now just with the injuries and the hold and everything on the Chargers. Uh, Texans are going to have a little too much talent for them at the moment. So going uh, going the Texans. I like what Austin Eckler is doing in Los Angeles, but I don't think he is quite the same player that a Melvin Gordon would be, and we know he's not playing. We know Derwin James is out. Now Adrian Phillips broke his arm, his backup. So now we're really thin in the secondary in Los Angeles. I think Deshaun Watson uh, can throw the ball on this these guys and – and like I said, they always start out slow, but their injury list just keeps growing and growing and growing. Uh, you've got Hunter Henry has a knee issue. Um, so I think that team's just going to struggle in the injury department and the Texans take it. All right. So another game with a new quarterback, Mason Rudolph takes the reins of the Steelers offense as they travel to the 49ers. Who do you got? Do the 49ers stay undefeated? Uh, I think the uh, I think the Steelers are going to play a little better than people are expecting. Like I said, I, I do like Mason Rudolph. He performed well this past week in relief duty. Um, but uh, the, the 49ers are hot right now, so I, I think they're going to take this. Yeah, I'm on the 49ers too. I think uh, James Connors dinged up uh, Mason Rudolph making his first start. I just think the 49ers defense can be a little bit too much for them to handle, so I got 49ers as well. Yeah. Oh. All right, our Sunday night football game this week features the defending NFC champion Rams traveling to the dog pound to take on the Browns. Should be a really good game. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. Uh, I actually I liked how they looked last week. They look they looked efficient um, against the uh, against the Jets. Um, the uh, offense looked good. Defense looked good. They threw the ball a little bit better. Ran the ball better. Um, I, I think this is going to be kind of a statement game for them. I think they're going to want it a little more than the Rams. Uh, this is going to be their way of proving to the league that they are for real, that they weren't just talk going into the season. So uh, I, I'm going the Browns. Yeah, I got the Rams in this one. I think, you know, the, they beat the Saints and kind of cleansed some demons from last year. Everyone, even though there was more controversy from the refs, everyone said it was just the one penalty. Because of Drew Brees, they blew out the Saints. They're coming off of that game. Todd Gurley looked much better in that game. I think I think the Rams have enough talent to get it done. And a close one on the road against the Browns. All right, and to wrap up the games, we've got a Monday night game. We have the one-and-one one Bears traveling to D.C. to take on the Redskins. Who do you got? I'm going the Bears on this one. Uh, defense is too good. I think they're going to – I think the offense is going to get going. Uh the the Redskins haven't looked very good on defense this year. Um, look looked real bad against the uh, the Cowboys. They've given up thirty points in each game this year so far. Uh, so defenses look bad. They're banged up on offense. No Trent Williams. Uh, Darius Geese is hurt. 
Uh, Adrian Peterson didn't look very good last week. So uh, I'm, I'm going the Bears on this. Yeah, I'm going to go Bears with the bounce back too. I mean, they are coming off a win, but it was not an impressive win. And like we talked about the penalty, it really shouldn't have even been a win. But uh, I think that the Bears have a lot to prove in this game, really. I mean, they should be sitting here 0-2. They've played a couple of good defenses, but I think that they have to step it up this week to kind of prove that they belong. Because right now the Lions are kind of looking like Lions and Packers. I mean, and Vikings, that's a great division right now. So they have to step up and take their claim back where they should be. So I got the Bears winning big. All right. I think that's it for our picks this week. Uh, who do you got standing out in fantasy this week? We're going to stick with tradition on this one, and we're going to go with the Cowboys versus the Dolphins. Basically, anyone against the Dolphins. Yeah, all um, of them. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. I mean, but and and with joking aside, the Cowboys' offense has looked great this year. Dak Prescott's been a top five fantasy quarterback. Uh, Zeke looked phenomenal last week. Uh, Michael Gallup is hurt this week, so I expect uh, Amari Cooper to get more targets. Jason Witten has uh, a touchdown in each of the first two games, so he's a you know been a reliable tight end option, uh, and, and they're going against a terrible defense. So I mean they they should put up some some great fantasy numbers this week. So I'm I'm going to Cowboys uh, Cowboys offense against the Dolphins. Nice. I'll stick with tradition as well. We've been picking <laughs> high scoring games and just picking both teams. I'm going to stick with that. Ravens, Chiefs, start anyone you got. If you got Hollywood Brown, start him. Mark Andrews, start him. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes. Uh, I mean, you've got Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Start them all. Uh, and I think uh, I really expect another big week out of Lamar Jackson. And obviously, you're going to get a big week out of Pat Mahomes every week. So if you got him, start him in that one. Who else you got? I'm going to go Antonio Brown against uh, the Jets. Uh, it looked good last week against the Dolphins. The Jets have kind of struggled on defense a little bit. Uh, they actually benched a couple of their secondary players last week after some penalties and some some misplays. So uh, I think uh, there's going to be a little more chemistry now with Tom Brady. I, I expect uh, Antonio Brown to have a big day. Yeah, that should be interesting to watch. I'm going to go Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins against Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, their, their secondary is not great right now. Dinged up, hurt. They do have a good pass rush with Joey Bosa, but I think they're going to be able to hook up, and I, I think both those guys, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, are going to have big games. Who else you got? I'm actually going to go Kyler Murray for my last pick. Uh, he's looked good both games uh, this season. He's he's put up some good fantasy numbers. As I mentioned earlier, uh, they're throwing the ball uh, like 47 times a game right now. Uh, plus, he also adds some some yardage on the ground or the potential for for you know running the ball himself. So uh, I expect that, you know that that amount of plays or those amount of plays, those amount of throws, and uh, the ball in his hand to to keep going this week. So uh, win or win or lose in that game, I think he's going to put up big numbers. All right, I think that's all we got for fantasy standouts this week. Who do you got to avoid this week? Uh, yeah, this week I'm I'm saying look out for. Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they're going to be playing the Patriots. They got Luke Falk starting at uh, at quarterback. The Patriots are going to be able to stack the box early, build that lead, and then it's going to force the Jets to throw it to even try and stay in contention uh, for that game. So I don't I don't expect them to have as many running attempts, uh, and uh, he may get some catches, but his his rushing numbers I think are going to be way down this week. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. 
I'm going to say this, and I don't think a lot of people are going to start him, but I think people will be tempted, is Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, he's coming into a new situation, as a lot of these quarterbacks are, but it's still going to be the Saquon Barkley show. I know he looked great in the preseason, but they still don't have any wide receivers to throw to until Golden Tate comes back for suspension. So don't jump on the new QB bandwagon yet. Um, if you're in a dynasty league or uh, a three-quarterback league or something like that, then Daniel Jones might be worth picking up and stashing, but definitely don't start him yet. Who else you got? I'm I'm going, you know, again, with tradition, don't start any Dolphins players. Uh, I know Kenyon Drake still has some talent, and I know Devontae Parker is, is, is usually a solid receiver. But, again, they're, they're averaging five points a game, and they're getting ready to go against Dallas. Dallas has a ferocious defense. Uh, that front line is 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 dominant. Their linebackers, I think, to me, are honestly the best linebacking core in the NFL. Uh, secondary, I think, is is very underrated. Even they're a little weak at safety, but even with that, their cornerbacks they go four to five deep at, at cornerback. So, uh, I, I I expect another low scoring game, honestly, for the for the Dolphins this week. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna go with two players in the same game. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas for the Saints and Chris Carson for Seattle. And I'm going to go Michael Thomas because obviously Drew Brees is gone. Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Sean Payton says that they're going to do a split between Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. Uh, You know, from past experience of seeing people try to do that junk in the NFL, it doesn't really work. So I expect Taysom Hill to get a few plays, but I mean, both those guys don't equal a Drew Brees. So I think Michael Thomas has a down week. Uh, the reason I said Chris Carson, he's had a fumble problem. In the last game, he fumbled. Uh, Rashad Penny came in, had 10 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. So I don't think he's going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to get that. We said this in the preseason that he could split carries 60-40. I think it's getting closer and closer to 50-50 now. So I think it's just a, a kind of a cautionary pick for me. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, that wraps up our fantasy segment of the episode. Let's move on to NCAA football. What did you see in the week three of the college season? All right, so overall, as as college football, it wasn't really a a huge week. Uh, Michigan State lost again to Arizona State. Uh, Maryland lost. uh, And then USC lost to BYU. So we did have three uh, ranked teams lose this week, but... Uh, not a lot of not a lot of marquee matchups, honestly, this week. Uh, you know, who we expected to win won for the most part. Um, this upcoming week, though, there there are some huge games this week. Uh, we have Notre Dame versus Georgia. That's a number three and number seven. Uh, we have number thirteen Wisconsin uh, going against number eleven uh, Michigan. Uh, we have uh, uh, number twenty three California going against a, a a very good Ole Miss team who's two and one right now. We also have uh, Oklahoma State, who's three and zero, going against Texas, uh, who's two and one, ranked number twelve. Oklahoma State did beat Texas last year, and they have uh, Tylen Wallace, who's one of the best receivers in the country right now. Uh, through three games, he has six touchdowns and almost four hundred yards receiving. Uh, plus, they have a running their running back uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, has five hundred and twenty yards and seven touchdowns in three games. So, uh, Oklahoma State's got a great offense. Uh, we'll see if their defense can hold up against Texas. Um, and then we also uh, have Arizona State. As I mentioned earlier, they beat uh, 
They did beat Michigan State last week. Going against Colorado, who I think is a, you know, an underrated team. They're 2-1 and one right now. They had that great comeback win against Nebraska. Uh, I think that that could be a you know an upset game potential for, for uh, Colorado over Arizona State. We'll see how it goes. But it should be a, a great weekend in college football this week. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me this last week is uh, not really an exciting game, but Kansas picking up a road win against a Power 5 team. So uh, that was really good for Les Miles, and and they're kind of starting that off on the right foot this year. Yeah, and it's it, that that was a that was a good game. That was a game that Kansas dominated. It wasn't even a, a close game. I mean, they they won that game. I think it was forty eight to twenty four. Um, so they dominated Boston College, and it was it was on the road. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things, one of the ways you're going to build a program back up from as far down as Kansas was. You you pull off road wins like this, uh, it starts to open recruits' eyes a little bit. I mean, when you've got a coach like Les Miles, you're starting to pull off some bigger wins. You're going to start getting more recruits in there, and next thing you know, you're right back in the top 25. Uh, it's been a while for Kansas. They kind of hit as low as they could go, so it'll be good to see them back. And, and it's it's if you look at the recruiting for, for really for the next two years, they've actually got, you know, if it, if it holds steady, they've actually got two solid recruiting classes over the next two years coming up. And that's without adding, you know, that's with, with pieces still to be, you know, to to be made. Uh, and so, I, I mean, it's like Les Miles said, they're not it's not going to be today, um, but it's it'll be tomorrow and it'll be down the road. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're making that climb back up. They got a long ways to go, but you know, that's, it's a good win for them. Yeah. And then the one thing I'm looking forward to this week is in that Michigan, Wisconsin game, Michigan's 11, Wisconsin's 13, but I'm on board the Wisconsin hype train this year. They haven't allowed a point yet. They've scored 110 points this year. Um, I think that they're going to put up a fight and I think they're going to knock Michigan off. I, I'm. I mean, Michigan hasn't looked good this year so far. Um, I'm. I'm going Wisconsin on this one, and and honestly, I think uh, Wisconsin's gonna gonna blow them out. To be completely honest. Yeah, I don't think it's as close as it seems it should be in a game between those ranked opponents. But Wisconsin on the ground and through the air, both have just looked dominant this year. Yeah. All right, I think that about wraps up our show for this week. Uh, what do we got in store next week? We'll be going over our, our uh, pickums. We're going to be going over some of these week three NFL matchups. Uh, and we'll be, like I said, we'll be covering a huge week in co- uh, college football. So uh, we do have a lot to cover next week. Uh, should be a good episode. And as always, tune in to gridironauthority.com to listen to our podcast and view our latest blog posts. Um, new one up today. New content coming all the time. So keep visiting that and check that out. You can also find the podcast anywhere podcasts are streamed. Uh, check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, um, any on social network, you're going to find us. So stay tuned for next week.